You're listening to episode four of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there, and welcome to episode four of Chat About Children, where we chat about all things children and support and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today's episode is part two. We are continuing the chat about foundations for learning to read and spell. So last episode, we looked at part one of those foundations where we got to really get into some very practical strategies and practical ways to look at building those blocks for getting children ready to learn to read and spell. So in part one, we covered things like speech and language milestones for the three to five-year-old. We also looked at what to do if you're concerned, if your child or the children that you work with are not quite reaching those milestones. We also focused on oral language skills, especially vocabulary. And we talked about practical ways to build vocabulary and why it is so important for having kids successfully learn to read and spell. Last episode, we touched just briefly on pre-literacy skills. We're going to get more into that today. And we're going to also get into very specific fun ways that you can introduce your child to more building blocks for reading and spelling. To cover off some of the things we will look at, we're going to look at things like oral language. How is it linked to literacy anyway? Some of you may not be aware of what the link is. We'll get more deeply into phonological awareness, which is a a big part of pre-literacy skills. And then we're going to look at five ways that you can help build that phonological awareness. I also want to comment on apps because there are so many apps out there and there are some great ones out there, but I do want to make a general comment on apps when you're looking at building these foundations. And it's very important for me to also comment on listening and attention skills. So you want to hang around to listen to my thoughts and my feedback on listening and attention. And finally, we'll also look at other considerations. So What if you are implementing some of these strategies we talk about today or last episode and you're just not sure that your child's picking them up or you you think something else might be going on? So we'll talk about other considerations and what to do in that situation. Okay, so let's kick off part two. We're going to start by looking at how oral language is linked to literacy anyway, because there is a very crucial relationship between oral language ability and then a child's resulting ability to acquire skills to learn to read, write and spell. In the preschool period and in early schooling, the, the real focus is for children to receive experiences that are going to enrich their vocabulary and really enrich their understanding and knowledge of concepts. So, I've got to really emphasize that what we talk about today and some of the the strategies and activities we talk about, it's about having fun. It's about incorporating things into your everyday. It's not about sitting at a tabletop and forcing your child to do some of these things because you want to get them ready for school. So it's not about that at all. It's really about saying, okay, I'm now aware and I have the knowledge of some of the foundations. So how can I incorporate into that into when I'm in the car or, you know, during mealtime or when we're just doing our day-to-day stuff? 
And the other big emphasis is really on having your child get lots of different life experiences because in those different experiences, they're going to build their vocabulary and their view of, you know, how things operate in the world. Last episode is really where we talked a lot about a strong vocabulary. So that vocabulary and a good understanding of language is going to make it easier for a child to make sense of what they read. Because if you can imagine, to start with, children are learning to read. But as they get older, they're actually reading to learn something, to get some enjoyment, to get some value out of something. And in order to make sense of what they're reading, um, they need to know the meaning of lots of different words and those life experiences are going to help that. It's also important to be aware that children that have a history of speech and or language difficulties are at higher risk of having trouble or having some difficulties with aspects of learning to read and spell. And if you haven't listened to part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to it because there we talk about those, as I mentioned earlier, speech and language milestones. And that's an important guide for you to be able to, you know, look at where your child is at or children you work with, where are they at and understand whether they're in that range that we expect them to be in. And and certainly you want to be following up nice and early to get children the support they need so that we can better their opportunities and their outcomes. And also what's key is being proactive in supporting your child's communication needs and in developing the foundation pre-literacy skills. And I'd imagine you're already proactive if you are listening to this episode. One of the things we'll also cover, as I mentioned earlier, is the vital foundation skill in learning to read and spell, and that's phonological awareness. So we'll get to that shortly. So one of the things that I did want to add as an extension to last episode was just mentioning some very general strategies with oral language development. So one of the things that um, I find often happens is as children are developing their language and their speech sounds, sometimes then, you know, they're not always getting things right. So they might say to you, oh, I go to the shops today instead of I went to the shops. And a strategy that I want to mention now is something called modeling or recasting. And this is a great strategy to use for when your child makes a grammatical error like that one, or when they make a speech sound error, um, you know, which is still age appropriate. But what do you do in that scenario? So getting back to a child that might say, oh, I go to the shops today, You might then say, oh, you went to the shops, did you? You went to the shops with dad, didn't you? You went to buy some apples and oranges. That's right. So what you're doing there is you're actually modeling back to them the way that the word went is used and how it functions in a sentence. And you're showing them different ways that that word can be used. The one time that they've said, I go to the shops today, they've then heard you say the word went three to four times. So that ratio of, okay, they've said one error, but now they've heard it correctly three to four times. That is extremely effective in your child being exposed to the right way to use that word, the right way to apply grammar when they're speaking. And the same thing applies to any speech sound errors that might occur. So if you've got a three-year-old who can't say their R sound, for example, R for rabbit, now that's very age appropriate. So if that three-year-old says, Um, oh, look, mum, there's a wabbit instead of there's a rabbit. You do exactly the same thing. You model and recast back. So you say, oh, look, I can see a rabbit. It's a white rabbit. That rabbit has really soft fur. So then it's very conversational. You are not asking them to repeat themselves. You're not asking them to repeat you. 
you're just reflecting back the way to say it three to four times in a very conversational manner. It's really important that you're not forcing your child to repeat after you. And that's something that sometimes is a bit of a natural tendency um, to do because you, you you think you're helping. Um, so let's just add a layer to that and make it more effective by just you know, avoiding that scenario where you're saying, you know, it's not wabbit, it's rabbit. Say rabbit, like that kind of thing doesn't help. So let's get into reflecting back and recasting back the right way to put those speech sounds together and the right way to put words together. The other oral language strategies that we talked about, again, I covered those in part one. We talked about interactive book sharing and we talked about building vocabulary. So oral language development is one of the the key umbrella areas that form part of pre-literacy skills. But let's now move into phonological awareness. And what is it anyway? Basically, phonological awareness is that conscious awareness of the sounds of language and that ability to reflect on the sounds in words. So it's not about the meaning of words. We've got to separate that. And now it's more about reflecting on, okay, like mum starts with the letter M, it makes a mm sound. So it's looking at and kind of recognizing and manipulating those aspects of language. Early in life, kids are very much focused on word meanings as they're building their vocabulary. As they get to the preschool years and you know that year, particularly that year before going to school, there's more of an interest in word sounds. And you start to see this in preschool kids in different ways. So for example, um, kids will start to notice words that rhyme. And hopefully they've been introduced to lots of rhyming, you know, in storybooks, in nursery rhymes, etc. Um, but kids will often say, oh, you know, mum, drum, mm, yeah, that rhymes. So they'll start to notice that. They'll also start to notice, you know, words that sound a little bit odd, a little bit strange to what they're used to hearing. And they might comment on words that have the same sound beginnings. You know, so often kids love their own names. So, for example, with the name Max, they might say, oh, Max starts with a mmm sound and mum starts with a mmm sound. They're the same. You know, and these are all fantastic things that you want to be observing and seeing in, in your preschool child. The other aspect that you might notice is that kids also in the preschool year are engaging a lot in sound play. You know, they might be making up their own silly rhymes and they might be making up their own kind of words that start with the same sounds or sentences that start with the same sounds. They're having a bit of fun. And that engagement in sound play is, again, a fantastic um, skill that they're building upon that's going to help them later to learn to read and spell. So what are some of the sub-skills? What are some of those smaller skills that are included in phonological awareness? So we're basically looking at things like counting syllables and being aware of syllables in words. We're also looking at things like blending sounds in words and segmenting sounds, so sounding out the sounds in words. There's also aspects like being able to know whether words rhyme or not or being able to say a word that rhymes with another word. Another aspect is being able to identify the first sound in a word or the last sound in a word and knowing that letters make different sounds and, and you know which letter goes with which sound. So there are you know, quite a few of the sub-skills 
that are involved in phonological awareness. And what I'm going to cover now is five ways that you can help them along in some of those areas. So one of the first ways that we can start building phonological awareness skills is looking at syllable counting. And this is basically learning how to break up words into smaller parts. Now, why would you bother with this? Well, if you can imagine later when kids start to learn how to spell and how to read, they've got to be able to break words up into those smaller parts. So for example, um, you know, with my daughter who's seven years old, if she wants to spell caterpillar, I'll say to her, okay, well, what's the first syllable? And she'll go, cat. Okay, so how do we spell cat? And she'll say, cat, what's the next syllable? Cat, er, pill, ah, etc. And so that gives her Rather than that overwhelming, like, oh my goodness, this is a long word, how do I spell it? It helps them to break it down into little chunks that is easier for them to work with and to start decoding. So learning how to break words up into smaller parts is really important. And the possibilities are just endless when it comes to activities to build those skills. So here's a few ideas. And the key thing here is to make it fun. Okay, so syllable counting. Some basic ways to do this are you can get physical, you can clap it out. So if um, your child's name is Sally, okay, how many syllables in Sally? Let's clap it out. Sally, you've got two syllables there. Um, You could be jumping, you could be skipping, you could be hopping to the syllables. You might just look around the room and say, okay, there's table, and then you jump table. There's two jumps. You could get musical, um, you know, use keyboards, maracas, drums. It's a great way that they can, you know, shake to the beat of syllables in words. You can also build a tower, you know, getting blocks and you use a block and you build a tower as you go, counting the syllables or saying the syllables rather as you build that tower. And you can find syllable word lists really easily on the internet and that can help you then not have to think of the words but if you keep them as a guide for yourself um, you want to focus on words that have one to four syllables not much longer than that but if you've got a few syllables um, or wordless syllables with you it makes it easier to say okay you know let's tap the drums while we say um, television you know television etc. So um, yeah, use the internet to look up those lists and to use them. Let's move on to number two, the second way that you can start to build those phonological awareness skills. Rhyming, I mentioned earlier, rhyme time is a great way to teach a child new words and get them to think about how words can relate to each other. It sets that foundation for your preschooler to learn about word families and then the different sounds that letters can make. For example, if um, if your child knows that night fight rhymes, um, already there, there's a mini word family. So the spelling of the endings, the big chunk of endings of those letters is going to be the same. Um, sharing books that rhyme is a really obvious start with rhyming. Um, and as your child gets to know the book, you, know, you can have them complete the sentence for you where, you know, you might say, um, you know, the cat is in there and then you wait and you let them fill in the missing word and just make it fun. You know, even if your child comes up with nonsense or silly words that rhyme, it's absolutely fine. Um, the idea here is that they're just, you know, being able to identify or even to come up with a rhyming word to another word. 
Another easy way that you can do rhyming is on the go. Just wherever you are, take turns thinking of rhyming words. So you might be in the car and you might say, okay, let's think of rhyming words for things we can, we can see outside the car. So you might say, oh, there's tree. And then someone else can say, see. In the car, you can also do your syllables in the car too with things that you see around you. Another way to do it is you know, putting different items on the table and have your child choose a word that best you know, finishes the sentence. For example, if you've got a hat, a toy and a ball on the table, you can make up a sentence like there was a large cat who wore a large and then they've got to choose or which one rhymes with cat. Is it hat, toy or ball? So they're the kinds of fun ways that you can introduce rhyming. Um, another way to do it is rolling a ball to each other and you, you have to exchange rhyming words with each turn. And of course, just sing lots of nursery rhymes. And don't be afraid to use the, you know, the proper words when you're talking about these things. So use the word rhyme, like those words rhyme, those words don't. And the same goes with syllables. Don't be afraid to use the word syllables. Like, okay, let's clap the syllables in caterpillar. It's, it's uh, much more efficient and better for their vocabulary if you can use the correct words when you're teaching them. Please, please, I encourage you to use the word syllable, to use the word rhymes, um, and also, you know, use the word sounds and letters and help kids differentiate between the two, just in the way that you use your own words. And now number three, the third way that you can help build phonological awareness. And here we're going to look at helping children hear the first sound in a word. Um, and often before they're, they're due to go to school, this would be your first step. If a child finds it really easy to um, to hear the first sound in a word, then sure, you might get them to listen to the last sound in a word. But certainly um, in terms of expectations, have a bit of fun with having your child hear the first sound in a word. And basically here you can start with family names or photos. So, you know, if you've got um, a scrapbook or a, a book that you can put some of the family photos in, start with the family names. Okay, so here's Sally. What's the first sound that we can hear when we say Sally? Now, if they say S, you say, yeah, that's the letter. That's the letter S. But what sound does the letter S make? It makes a S sound. So that's the kind of language you want to use when you're you know, looking at different um, family photos and you're discussing the first and last sounds and make it as positive and as fun as possible. You can do the same with catalogs, um, you know, from the supermarket. Catalogs are fantastic where you can just, there's so many different items in there. It's great for their vocabulary. Um, and also you, you can cut up many items there and you can make you know, sound scrapbooks where you might do a collage of, okay, we're going to see if we can find all the things that start with the mmm sound or all the things that start with a s sound and you might cut up different pictures from a catalogue and then have your child choose. You might get two pictures and say, okay, well, there's bananas and there's mangoes. Which one are we going to put on our mmm page? We've got bananas and mangoes and then they're choosing between the two and then they're getting to to also practice their, their cutting out, their pasting, if you'd like them to also practice those skills too. You know, hearing that last sound, as I mentioned earlier, can be a little bit 
trickier, but you might want to consider um, giving your your children lots of visual cues, you know, emphasizing the sound as you say it. So for example, if you were to say, okay, what's the last sound when I say room, you might point to your lips so they can see your lips come together to make that last sound. So use visual cues as much as you can, because a lot of the phonological awareness um, activities we're talking about, there's so much emphasis on hearing and discriminating the difference between, you know, small aspects of language. And now moving on to our fourth way to build phonological awareness, we're looking at sounding out words. Now I've got to emphasize here, it's not about the spelling of words, it's about the sounds. So... Um, when you're looking at, you know, prior to starting school, you want to focus on words that have a structure of about two to three sounds. Words like bin, dog, um, cat, go, uh, those kinds of words that have two to three sounds. And again, you can find lists quite easily on the internet where you've got two to three sound word lists. And you can use those when you're playing some of these games. A really obvious way that you can start playing with sounding out words is using things like colored counters where you have the counters, you know, three counters, for example, out on the table and you're pointing to each one as you go and you say, okay, let's sound out bin, b, e, n. And then they're pointing as they go along the counters and you want to start incorporating, you know, also that practice of their eyes going from left to right. Um, you know, if you are in a country where they are sequencing from left to right, um, otherwise, obviously, if you're in a country where you're not, you'd sequence the other way. Um, but it's a good way to use those, those counters to get the child to start practicing how to see where the sounds, how the sounds are represented. You can also use objects like blocks when you're sounding out. You can use your fingers as well. So if you're sounding out cat on your fingers, you hold up three fingers and you point to each finger as you go, moving from left to right or right to left, depending on um, how you do read in your um, in your home country. And you can also use movements too, you know, whether it's jumping or saying steps every time that you say a sound. Just incorporate lots of, you know, that those visuals, those objects, those movements. All of that's going to help them learn more richly. And finally, our fifth way to build phonological awareness is looking at the alphabet. And here it's about learning and reinforcing the alphabet in everyday life. And you can have your child recognize letters, name the letters, tell you the sounds, and you can do this really everywhere that you are. Um, I'll use the car. The car is a great place where you can do a lot of these activities um, where, you know, you can search for certain letters on street signs or shop signs as you're walking along. You know, the list is just endless, whether you're at the supermarket or at the doctors, etc. Um, you know, there's words everywhere. So use those opportunities to just point out, you know, letters or if you're reading your shopping list, just show them what you're reading and show them the shopping list, show them what it looks like when you're in the supermarket um, you know, and you're getting um, whatever it might be, apples from the shelf, then you say, okay, we're buying apples. Oh, apple starts with an at sound. You know, just having, just talking about what you're doing and just mentioning some of those things um, as you go is a great way to just reinforce and 
you know, that ex- giving children that exposure to letters and sounds. It's a great way to just fit it into everything you're doing. And there's also some really great songs out there that you can sing that are all about letters and their sounds. And that's a great opportunity to just, again, reinforce um, and practice how letters and sounds work. If your child is happy to and they're you know, really into the alphabet, you can also have them practice you know, forming the various letters, whether they're using Play-Doh to make certain letters or they're coloring in um, or tracing or painting. There's lots of different ways that they can just be exposed to different letters and, and be told about the sounds that they make as you go along. Those five ways, syllables, rhyme time, hearing first and last sounds, sounding out and the alphabet, those five ways are those core ways that we can start to really build those foundation skills for phonological awareness. And you couple that with the oral language strategies we talked about and the foundation skills we talked about in part one, and that gives you a very solid basis for having your child ready to read and spell once they get to school. And I think, um, again, I'm going to emphasize that, you know, everything we talk about today is, is not about forcing your child to be, you know, reading and spelling from a super young age. It's not about that at all. It's really about, um, encouraging and I encourage really rich life experiences, um, encourage interaction and social development and oral communication development and you know those aspects together with some of the more specific things we've talked about today with phonological awareness really do come together to solidify the foundations. I've got to now comment on listening and attention skills because all the things we've talked about in part one and part two really do hinge on a child's ability to attend. So attention and listening skills are quite crucial in our skill development. You can imagine that if you're trying to listen to me speaking and you're not able to block out, you know, whether it's, you know, someone cutting the grass outside or a car going past outside, if your attention is not able to be focused on what I'm saying to you and you can't screen out that irrelevant information or stimulation happening, then it becomes um, very easy for you to miss what I'm saying and very easy for you to miss the learning from the information being presented. So being able to focus is, you know, and pay attention and listen is just so crucial to our skill development. And particularly when you're looking at children that are looking to start school, there's got to be that important foundation that they're able to attend and to listen because they're going into an environment that is so different to their home environment. So we need to be mindful that if you know, you are concerned about your child's attention skills or their listening skills, you know, way, simple ways that you can build that is already through some of the activities we've talked about. And also within things like, you know, sharing books within a daily book routine, things like that, where their attention needs to be focused and they can build their concentration skills that way. It's not so much um, looking at, you know, or can they attend to a TV program or can they attend to, you know, a game that they're playing. It's not so much about that um, because that's a different level of stimulation. So I'm talking about more that 
um, stimulation that you get in human to human type of interaction. And that brings me to making a comment on, you know, apps, because there are, there's lots of great apps out there that help with, you know, learning to read and spell, um, particularly for your preschoolers. Uh, and here in Australia, you know, we've got um, a very well-known, widely known program called Reading Eggs. And that's also used widely in a lot of schools and preschools. And they also have a junior version, so the two to four-year-olds. And, um, you know, great program, wonderful way to really reinforce what we've talked about, those phonological awareness skills. And I think really... When you're looking at apps uh, or any other programs like that, we've just got to be very mindful of you know some of the guidelines that I discussed last episode. And if you didn't catch last episode, I'd encourage you to either listen to it or have a look at my article on screen time, which I've got on chataboutchildren.com, where um, really the emphasis is moderation. You know, if you're looking at apps or you want your child to use an app, it's really ideal that you're sitting with them so that you can make sure that they're understanding what they need to do and you can you know, teach them or in addition to what the app is saying. But you really want to have the that interaction with your child because the app is really a tool to enhance what they are, are needing to learn. And certainly you might get to a point where they're understanding how uh, that particular activity works and you can let them do some of it independently. But certainly initially you want to be with them to guide and make sure that they've they've understood the concept, they've understood what they're needing to do. And also just to make sure that the fun is there because we, we want it to be fun. We want it to be, um, for me anyway, my children, um, when they're doing apps for, for reading or for maths or anything like that, it really is a reward and they really look forward to being able to do, um, you know, those, those apps, which the bonus is they're educational. So that would be my comment on apps. Do your research, look at the ones that, um, because there are some fantastic ones out there and look at sitting and interacting with your child at the same time. So some very important considerations that we need to be aware of is that particularly for children prior to going to school, we want to make sure that um, everything is in check, I guess. Apart from the foundations we've talked about in reading and spelling, we've talked about attention and listening skills. We've also got to be mindful that that year before school, it is a, it is a good idea to have a child's vision checked, um, particularly by behavioral optometrists where they, you know, they look at aspects um, beyond just being able to see C, you know, letters, for example. So um, it really looks at those skills needed for the eyes to be able to track and sequence when they're reading. Um, and we also want to make sure a child's ears and hearing are okay and to be observant of a child's motor skills and motor skills being things like fine motor skills, like being able to hold a pencil appropriately when they're coloring, tracing, drawing, etc. Um, and also to look at their gross motor skills like the jumping and the walking, the running and that kind of thing. And occupational therapists can also help when it comes to attention listening skills. And if you're concerned about any of those areas, um, you know, I again encourage you to follow up nice and early. And if need be, you know, chat to your GP, chat to a, um, a psychologist if need be, if you're worried about your child being anxious or behavioral aspects that you might need some assistance with. Um, you know, 
just look into getting some support nice and early for yourself, for your child, and you know, just for the family dynamic, really. Um, and in terms of communication, if you're worried about any aspects of communication, I know for us anyway at Talking Head Speech Pathology, we do communication screeners. So um, you know, a short check to see that children are on track with their speech and language and to give parents any strategies or to refer them on to um, you know, the assistance or the support uh, pathways that they need. Please do... Um, be proactive, continue being proactive in looking at getting any support nice and early in the piece. So now you have some super practical ways after part one and part two um, of listening to the foundations for learning to read and spell. These practical ways are really going to help to strengthen those fundamental blocks. And of course, talk to that relevant professional if you need to. Coming up next episode, we're talking about the bilingual child. This is a topic I really enjoy um, presenting on, and it's all about bringing up your child with more than one language and focusing on ways that you can help to maintain more than one language in the home because it can be a challenge for a lot of families. And sometimes, you know, families um, feel that it just uh, will just happen um, because, you know, they speak a, a certain language and they just think that their children just will as well. Um, so there's a lot, a little bit more to it than that. So we're going to look at those um, different strategies to maintain more than one language. It's going to be great for parents and carers who speak another language at home, but also great for educators who work with children who have another language at home. If you've enjoyed today's episode, I encourage you to leave a rating and review and would love for you to subscribe to the show and to also share this podcast with family, with friends and colleagues. It would be awesome to spread the word um, and get this information out to all the people it's relevant for. If you haven't already downloaded this on the website, there's a free um, mini ebook, The Four Power Tools to Ready Your Preschooler to Read and Spell. So head over there and download that mini ebook. And if you need to, um, we've also got the toddler communication checklist that you can download from the resources section on the website. Thank you so much for joining me today. I celebrate you. Take care and chat soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. www.chataboutchildren.com. Com, com, com.